we welcome in Andrew Brenner is with us right here on set, head of international fixed income securities at Nat Alliance Securities. Good morning to you. How are you? Nicole, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. I'm Appreciate glad you're it. here. You know, as we look at, we, you and I, you sat down, what are we going to talk about? We have so many things that are quite obvious, but I will say the, the rise in yields is something that is certainly grabbing attention. And that could be, because we knew there was inflation, right? I mean, I feel like we've gotten a lot of what we, you know, we had a Fed that was going to be raising rates, but the thing that really changed, I see the dollar moving higher and yields moving higher. What's going on is starting with the unemployment number at the beginning of the month, yeah. it came in much hotter than expected, 510,000. A lot of that can be explained away by seasonals and with weather. And then you had the retail sales, again, came in much hotter than expected. And I think a lot of that can be, can be explained by seasonals. And then you had the inflation numbers, both the CPI and PPI, come out a yeah. little stronger than expected. Not out of line, but stronger than expected. We said a month ago on this show and elsewhere that we thought that we'd run into a month or two of bad inflation numbers, and so far that seems to be happening. What the difference is this time is you had two uber-hot Fed governors speak yesterday yeah. and really push the markets down. You had Mester, who said that <clears throat> they should have raised rates 50 at the last meeting, and you had Bullard, who said they should raise 50 at the next meeting. Neither one of those are voting members, and I don't see that where they have much credence. Nonetheless, the markets are a little scared. The, uh, the, uh, the bond, bond bulls have gone into hiding for the moment, and there's been a little bit of weakness in equities. I mean, not terrible. This will probably be the first day that we've closed below 4090, 4100 on the S&P 500 futures. I mean, we've been there almost three weeks. And, you know, we saw Mike Harnett of, uh, of Bank of America come out to say and said, this is it. We couldn't get through 4200. Next stop is 3800. And he put a specific date on that, which is very unusual, of March 8th. Interesting. So, so I don't see where we're, I think we're going to have a lot of support at the 200-day moving average on S&Ps at 3975, give or take. But uh, that is what's going on. So higher yields for now, and maybe one more run at higher yields. But I think things slow down in the second quarter, and I think you're going to see yields revert back lower, and lower. I think the equities will, will establish a better bid. Well, that could help housing, too, because housing, we saw housing moving, the mortgage rates were above 7% when, when yields were moving higher, and then they came back down. Um, and we do see fluctuation in something like that. And, of course, housing went right into a bear market. Absolutely. But um, we've had, you start to see more, each time rates come down, you start to see more applications and such. I mean, we're still way off, but um, that could move the housing market, for example. And what other markets are you watching? Well, we certainly watch the housing market. We watch the energy market to see what's, sure. what's going on there because that's very <coughs> influential, <coughs> excuse me, in, uh, in CPI and PPI. And we look at the general economy. And we think, one, we've said this on this show three months ago, that we see no recession, not at all, under any way you, you, you cook it. Uh, but now we're going we're gonna to have some pushback on our inflation thoughts. We think, and Powell said this 12 times in his speech on February 1st, that disinflation is here. And we think that that's true, and I think inflation's going to continue to come down. But I still think there's going to be one more bad month. After that, I think things are going to be good. Look, we've had a lot of volatility. I believe during the NYSC trading hours, you know, the S&P has, has moved 
more than 1% intraday 18 times since the Powell yeah, speech, yeah. and probably six or seven times more than 2%. There's a lot of stuff going on with zero DTE options and many other things that are affecting markets that don't normally affect markets. And there's still a tremendous amount of money on the sidelines. So I'm not giving up on equities just yet. Right. And I'm not giving up on bonds just yet. The safest place to play is 6% or so in short corporates. Right. That, to me, you get great yield. You can wait till things, you know, show more of a direction, or you can go into six-month Treasury bills over 5%. Right. I, I do want to talk about that trade and, and how people are moving, because now they can actually get some return. That's right. um, I just want to stay on the Fed for a moment, because you did mention uh, Loretta Messer, you mentioned Bullard. Um, how about Lau Brainerd, who was the number two spot at the Fed, a dovish voice, moving to the National Economic Council, so will be a, a senior White House executive. But I think that whoever replaces Brainerd, that will be a big deal. Right? Absolutely, it's going to be a big deal. I mean, Brainerd announced her resignation. It goes in effect uh, on February 20th, a right. few days from now. So she'll be going over to the White House. The question is, who's going to be the next candidate? You know, there's no question that Biden has put Austin Goldsby at, at the top of the list. But the problem with Goldsby is he's, he's a dove. If he goes, then, then Loretta Mester, who we just talked about, yeah. who's in absolutely wrong-minded hawk will then will then be voting until the Chicago Fed picks another person. Right. So I don't think the, I don't think the Senate would approve Goldsby just for that one reason, that which reason. I think is a little unusual. Oh, so the senators are very much on both sides of the party, yeah. Democrat, Republican, especially with the national election a little more than a year away. Uh, they don't want the Fed to go over their skis. They think rates are high enough. That's what everyone within their districts are saying. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think it's going to be critical. They need to get another dove in there and not get that dove replaced by, uh, by a hawk elsewhere. I, I, you know, I hadn't heard that, and I'm glad you brought that to our attention. So Austin Goolsby can't go in because they won't vote him in because they don't want still may go in, but that to is then be a voting member um, in Chicago. That would make a difference, without a doubt. Let's uh, talk about the trade. And people have been making a lot of money on uh, short-term bonds, right? There, you know, this is one of the first times in, in many years, probably at least 15 years, where we've been able to talk about real yields yeah. in the short area. And, you know, it's just by the fact the Fed has moved so far so fast. So the first thing that moves are Treasury bills because that they're financed by Fed funds. So Treasury bills are now over 5%, pretty much across the board from either side of six months, probably all the way out to one year. You know, in two years or a little bit less, around 465 to 470 last I looked. And, and I think bills are a better place to put your money because you can get instant liquidity. The other thing is, in short corporates, you're going to get 100 to yeah. 125 to 150. So you're going to get six, six and a half percent yields. I mean, look at Ford Motor. Ford Motor is a good name, and in their short area, they're they're well over six percent. So I think it makes sense to keep money at six percent rather than having it in a bank at one percent or a CD at three percent right. or even a, even a money market fund at four percent. So I think it makes sense until we see the next major trend in equities. I think we should go back to that Bank of America call to that 3,800 level. I, I mean, I'm not sure people are expecting that. There's been a lot of talk about retesting lows and pulling back after the rally we've seen, but I'm not sure, especially so quickly. I mean, do you have any idea why that March 8th date is the perfect date for that? You know, Nicole, I read it this morning. I didn't have time to, to research. I would look 
to see if that's uh, a major economic number, but I don't think so. I think he's looking at charts, right. but you know, you're going to really have to ask him. I mean, right. Mike Wilson of Morgan Stanley has been very negative, and, and he was right in 2022. He was somewhat right in calling for a reversal towards the end of last year, but now right. he's been very ultra bearish, and, and so far he has not been right in 2023. Okay. Now, Harnett's been very negative. Goldman Sachs people are a little bit more neutral. Marco Kolvenak over J.P. Morgan's been extremely bearish after being bullish and wrong last year. Yeah. It is wonderful to have you on the show. I'm glad you were able to come in and sit with us here at the NYC because we had, as you said, an incredible lineup of data, right? You talk about jobs and inflation and the moves we've been seeing in rates. Thank you. And retail sales. That was another strong print. Andrew Brenner, thank you always for coming right here on the show. Andrew Brenner, always head a of International Fixed Income Securities at Nat Alliance Securities.